A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff Jarrett. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Rattle Talk podcast. I am a topless Ollie Davis for Luke's, for Luke's enjoyment only. I'll have a shirt on for the main video version of this show. And I'm joined by a Warner who's got two thumbs up t-shirt, which you can get at WrestleTalkMatch.com, Luke Owen. Uh, hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis, for such a visual start to this audio medium. How the devil are you? I'm doing okay. It's a lovely sunny day. And I really enjoyed this episode of Raw. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. Well, not not so much the process of watching it, but thinking mm. about it. I do I'm I'm excited and optimistic about the reshufflings and feuds they've set up. Mm-hmm. That's a good way. Yeah, an optimistic. Uh, view to this roar, I think, is a, is a fine way to look at it. Well, let's dive into that because it's. I, I'll, get, I'll tell you this: while it might not have been a great show of roar, it certainly was newsworthy. And we're going to kick things off with the WWE faction breaking up, and Seth Rollins getting a brand new disciple off the back of it. Here is the show. story of Austin Theory, I suppose. Austin Theory, a man who was called up, kind of, because uh, Andrade got injured. They needed a last-minute replacement for Angel Garza's tag team partner to go against the Street Profits at WrestleMania. So Paul Heyman was like, Austin Theory's great. I like him. Let's bring him up to the main roster, despite him only having like a couple of losing efforts on NXT. But apparently people are very high on him backstage. He was apparently very good in Evolve. Unfortunately, he never really stood out in this four- to six-week run that he's had. And he doesn't fit in with Zelina Vega and her gang of sexy men. Vega, Andrade, Angel Garza. Yes, he's sexy, but he's not Latino. And it created a bit of a, a thematic incoherence. But 
in a masterstroke because Mike Johnson of PW Insider reported last week that Austin Theory, he heard that the plan was for Austin Theory to just come up for a bit and then he'll be sent back down to developmental because although people are high on him, they don't really, they think that he needs more work in, in sort of developing his overall star presence, I suppose. And, and seeing what he's done so far, I would, I would lean to believe him. So when Andrade and Gaza turned on him at the end of Angel Gaza's match, I thought, well, that's, that's it. He's going back down to NXT. But then Seth Rollins recruited him in the following bout and it was just a, a masterstroke, a masterstroke of booking and turning someone around like that. Do you know what I loved about the recruitment? It's exactly the same way Buddy Murphy was recruited. That's that's what I really, really liked about this. Because as you say, like, you know, Austin Theory gets laid out by Andrade, Gaza, and Zelina Vegas. Zelina Vegas says, You're rubbish. You don't belong in the team. I never believed in you, and slaps him. And then oh, my favorite part of that is then instantly it cuts to Charlie Caruso smiling. And I'm like, you heartless woman. <laughs> Speaking of people losing their <laughs> factions, here is Apollo Crews. <laughs> um, but then we have Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy. And Theory is still down at ringside, all beaten up. And Seth gets distracted by this and sort of goes over to sort of chat with him. Not too dissimilar to how when Buddy Murphy was beaten up by Alistair Black and he, you know, losing that match. Nice parallel because Alistair Black's in the ring as well. And he sort of was sat there and Seth convinced him to come and help him. And you've just got this match that's going on. The match doesn't really matter one iota because it's all about Seth not chatting to Theory, but just communicating with him through body language. <clears throat> and then he stands up and he just motions to the ring. And Theory sort of buys into it, goes in, beats up Alistair Black. They all sort of gang up and beat up Alistair Black. And then there's this moment at the end when Seth hugs Buddy Murphy. Sorry, hugs Austin Theory. And Buddy Murphy's got this look on his face that is both, I'm so proud of my boss. I'm so proud of my Messiah. I'm so proud that someone else is reading that message. But also, no one else gets to hug him. That's my thing. <laughs> I, th I thought it was really, really cool. I didn't get the jealousy. I uh, What I got is, you know, Murphy going, and Seth Rollins almost, also, also with this very slight smile. This is terrible for podcast listeners. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just doing various versions of smiles. But Seth Rollins is also kind of just, you know, smiling very slightly. But with this, with this constant one-mile stare into the middle distance somewhere, probably his future. And the, the, what I love, that I, so, so I didn't really see that, but that's not to say it wasn't there. In fact, I think that's an even more interesting wrinkle to what I read into it. The was Austin Theory was not smiling. He was almost shell-shocked. Yeah. Like he had no control over what he just did. He, he was he someone was who was down and out on his luck and the cult leader took advantage of him. It's a perfect use of Seth. It's a perfect use of this gimmick. It's a perfect, ingenious change of what Austin Theory was. And yes, this was incredibly rushed. Like, this is a storyline. Theory was haphazardly thrown into this faction. Four weeks later, he's broken up from them after barely a week-long storyline. Terrible. 
like I wasn't here for last week's Raw because I was recovering from Money in the Bank, uh, my day off from Money in the Bank. And yeah, all of a sudden, like this team aren't on the same page anymore. They're all just arguing. And like they like they show clips of them arguing. Then they cut backstage and they're arguing still. And Vega walks in and be like, no, we're all getting on this same page. We're all getting on the same page. One segment later, she's beating up Austin Theory being like, I never believed in you. It's like, you just told him you want to get on the same page, mate. Heels got to heal, Luke. They're going <laughs> to lie. Uh, so, yeah, it's terrible storytelling. But in the grander scheme of things, Theory wasn't working. This is a much better use of him. So do you, you do you, like spend a month of telling a good story that isn't actually connecting and to, to properly write him out? Or do you just go, you know what? Screw it. Let's just shake stuff up after the pay-per-view, after Money in the Bank, and get him over to this new place. I think they made the right decision. I think this is, a, a, like I've said, a master stroke in taking someone who was floundering and putting them in a place where they can flourish. Here's my wild prediction for next week. Austin Theory is going to cost Andrade the United States Championship for to Apollo Crews. And you build into a tag team feud of Buddy and Theory versus Gaza and Andrade with Rollins and Vega as the sort of like respective puppet masters of both teams. Oh, I love that. I really, really love that. It is, it is heel versus heel. Um, and Seth does definitely seem to be building towards a feud with Rey Mysterio. That was sort of the subject of a lot of Seth's promo work. Uh, and of course, Mysterio is sworn enemies of Andrade and Gaza, really. So maybe I would like that, though. I just don't see WWE doing it. They are very clear, maybe. usually about not booking heel versus heel. Maybe. But, but it, could overall, be like a, it could be a stepping stone but, uh, until Ray gets back. Yeah, but overall, I just thought that Seth's, Seth's work here was fantastic. And we've seen the black glove, the black hand, as commentary put it over as before in the commentary, sorry, the uh, contract signing segment with Drew McIntyre ahead of Money in the Bank. I think that's the only other time I've seen Seth in the full black suit with the white shirt and the black glove. Great look. But here, it just, it's such a, a really neat detail for what this gimmick is supposed to do, because when you shake when you shake hands with that black hand, that black glove, when you take that offer, you're doing a deal with the devil. He might yeah. say he's the Messiah. He might say he's this angelic force who can save you, but he isn't. He is, you know, you're you're going to take a lot of losses for him. So I I just thought just cult wise, I Seth is one of the most exciting characters in wrestling right now, and he's bringing more and more people into it. As much as we love AOP, and I really really do, I think they work for when they were Seth's bodyguards, when Seth was a bit of a chicken s word heel. Yeah. But now this is actually a more coherent execution of their concept. And it's funny because like so we had a lot of messages when Seth had started up this little faction. We had a lot of messages from people saying like. Do you think they could add this person? Do you think they can add this person? Do you think they can add this person? And I said a lot of times that I don't think you want to add more people to this team. Like it, you don't want it to become NWO. You don't want to become too crowded. However, but because AOP haven't been around for the past two or so months, now is the time to add another. Like like it, it, Seth's faction has fallen apart because Buddy wasn't with him for like you know a month or so because during during the, the taping schedule they were doing. So it doesn't like this now feels like a restart to the group of sorts. 
So recruiting a new person is a brilliant way to just kind of hit a slight reset button on this because AOP doesn't really feel like part of the team anymore. But, you know, when they come back, maybe they will. But who knows where we're going to be when by the time they come back. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Well, let's uh, say thank you to the people who have stuck with us. Our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon, $25 a month or more backers. Let's give you some cheap pops, harder than its bite, Sean Barksdale. Oh, nice, yeah. yes. Bark of the dog. The mayor of Painesville, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Robert Spencer, period. Nice, very nice. Uh, always leave the crowd wanting Brian Moore. Thank you, Brian. Liam Millsummer murders. It's very much a UK reference for Midsummer murders. Moving sideways, Kieran Crabtree. Like a crab. A new kid on the block, Ben Newcomb. Oh, it's very much. Uh, for one and only, Gabriel. Juan. You'll never get this name right to you, idiots. Matthew Zimjewski. Good effort, mate. Good effort. Vida Ventura, pet detective. Thank you. Mr. Patreon number 1000, Mike Perry. Wow, nice. we're good. And lastly, we're going on a Brian Huntley. 
thank you very much. Uh, everyone else, I implore you to become a Pledge Hammer on Patreon now. It's the easiest way to directly support us. Uh, you know, the other way is get your Pile Drive COVID 19 shirt at wrestle.merch.com. Buy it now. Beautiful t shirt. Uh, the best way, however, though, is to go to Patreon and sign become a pledge hammer there because you get loads of exclusive content like mine and luke's nxt unstoppable 2015 review that we're recording right now and it will be up later this week Well, let's see what you guys think in the sit, sit, sit super chats. Get them in now and throughout the show because we will read them all out. And of course, press the thumbs up button. Leave a comment uh, if you're watching the on-demand version of this because we have Alistair Gammond with the new name of this group. I'm just going to say it. It's great. Seth Triangle. It's good. It's good. We've got a winner. Ding, 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 ding. Of course, now... Adam, Laurie, Andy, Pete, they're all going to get that Seth Triangle's a rubbish name. <laughs> uh, Stephen Prasad, didn't Ray want a Latino group? He should join Zelina's. Um, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I thought I think Ray wanted to run it. Yeah. Uh-oh, I think Davis has left us for a moment. Oh, no. Uh, right, well, I will carry on. Uh, Gabriel, oh, my back. Oh, he's back. There he is. He's back with us, folks. Oh, I thought I was going to have to run oh, the show on my own for a oh. second there. <laughs> oh, that was panicky times, mate. Panicky times. Oh, gosh, my arms are sweating. My knees are weak. Arms are heavy. Mum's spaghetti. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I was just saying, uh, Gabriel Reyes said, with all the yelling Seth has been directing at Buddy recently, I totally picked up on Buddy being slightly jealous, excited to see what happens next. Mm. Yeah, I don't want Buddy and Seth to break up. Uh, I didn't or I didn't mention uh, Buddy's, I don't know if he's had this before. Uh, if not, I didn't notice it until now. Stained glass sleeves. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? I, like I feel that. like those are new. Hand thing that he does as well. Um, and Anton Hayes says, Do you think Seth's gimmick is over or that it's a death gimmick like Meltzer, like Alvarez and Meltzer? I can usually see where Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez are arguing from. Uh, and, you know, they are both brilliant wrestling minds. Uh, so I wouldn't discount their opinion. It's just, it's very rare where I cannot see their point of view because. I think this is one of the best gimmicks in wrestling, but they routinely say it's awful. Really? I mean, I've not listened to a Burger Radio in quite That's bizarre. I know. Like, it's, it's so good. It's so good. It's multi-layered. Seth's performance of it is just tremendous. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where they're coming from. Yeah, no, I don't know either. Um, Ms. Fitz says, Austin Theory was thrown out of Zaliga's Ve Zelina Vega's gang of men, but was saved by Seth and his slightly smaller gang of less attractive men. That's the name of the faction. <laughs> Seth's uh, slightly smaller gang of less attractive men. Vandalia 1998, is there going to be faction war now? When you get your dream, Davis. Uh, I, I don't think so. It's heel versus heel. And very lastly, for, for now, from Davala, who said, where does this leave Alistair Black? Pff, I mean, I've been asking that since he joined the main mm. roster, to be honest. I've actually just been going back to uh, November 2019, 
for uh, a project that I'm working on. And Alistair Black is cutting those like cupboard promos. And I was like, how bloody long was he cutting those goddamn cupboard promos for and going nowhere with them? And like, yeah, what what next for Alistair Black? I've, I've kind of given up at this point. Uh, just over a year ago, he was in a tag team with Ricochet. Yeah. This episode of Raw uh, started up with an emotional recap of not just Becky's announcement last week, but sort of a fantastic video package. WWE are very good at putting these together of her whole career over the last year so far. Yeah, it was a really, really lovely video package. I'm kind of guessing that I wasn't actually here for last week's uh, episode because what a great announcement. What a great moment. Uh, Yeah, so, so happy for both of them. It was really, really lovely. Yeah. Uh, Then the... The main show opened on how we ended the last episode, which is Charlie Caruso in the ring, looking straight down the camera, saying to us that Orton versus Edge will be the greatest wrestling match ever. You mean? <laughs> That's not... That's not the official match that's, graphic, that, is that's it? That's the official. from uh, that is straight from WWE.com for podcast listeners. It is a no. photo of Edge and Randy Orton, and it says the greatest wrestling match ever. That is official artwork from WWE.com. That's the tagline for it. The tagline for the match. The tagline is it's the greatest wrestling match ever, which leads me to believe that Orton's just going to hit him with a chair at the start of the match to to screw over the fans from getting the greatest wrestling match ever. There's no fans there. <laughs> Viewers at home, then the clickety clacks of tweets. <laughs> Honestly, anyway. I, on it, look, I don't. I've seen that people are high on this, and yes, Edge is a good promo. Yes, Randy Orton is a good promo. They're doing really good promo work. But everything they said in the ring here to open the show was stuff that was said way better in the three month build from January to their WrestleMania blow off match. And that WrestleMania blow-off match wasn't very good. It was overlong. It was indulgent. It just never ended. Loads of people, loads of people, Dave Meltzer, one of them, said it's amongst the worst WrestleMania matches ever. It is the second longest WrestleMania match ever, second only to a goddamn Iron Man match whose whole point is being long. It's ridiculous. Now, I think WWE have sort of got offended by that and pettily reacted by saying, well, you're going to get it again. And you know what? It's going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. And that's how they're billing it. Charlie Caruso really awkwardly looked into the directly down the lens. That that was directly at Dave Meltzer saying, (laughs) no, this is the best wrestling match ever. It's not like AEW and New Japan. This is the best Randy Orton and Edge. And then they started this week with that as well. And then the commentators said it every time they referred to the match. And now that goddamn match graphic. Oh, look at it. It's hideous. (laughs) The greatest wrestling match ever. What it does is it sets impossible expectations. Edge has wrestled once in nine years. Randy Orton is 80% boring. They're <laughs> not going to have the greatest wrestling match ever. So they're go- it's, go- it's just going to make them look bad. It's going to make WWE look bad for even thinking it could come close to something like that. I hope it is the greatest wrestling match ever. 
but I don't think it will be. As I said, I think this is going to be Randy Orton doing some shenanigans to screw over the fans, get that that heel heat. I don't because, like as you say, if the if they are going to try and just have a straight match, you've set yourself an impossible bar to get over. And the 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 comparison I always come back to is: Do you remember that GoldenEye game that came out on the PlayStation Two? It's called. It was like it was basically it was another GoldenEye game. But it wasn't a direct sequel to GoldenEye for the N64. It just had the GoldenEye name. It was a James Bond shooter, right? And if it had just been, it was actually quite a good game. It was a pretty good. It's like the best, it's basically the best James Bond multiplayer since GoldenEye. But because they called it GoldenEye, because they wanted to, you know, reap the benefits of being called GoldenEye, it just drew comparisons to GoldenEye, where they were like, I mean, yeah, it's good. It's not as good as GoldenEye, though. Like, it's not as good as the other GoldenEye, but it's still pretty good. If it had just been James Bond shooter, it would have it would have actually stood on its own two feet. So I, I think calling yourself the greatest... I, they, they, it can't possibly be a wrestling match. Otherwise, they're shooting themselves in the foot. Also, they can't compete against this. Oh, wow. Did, is is that on the that that's okay i've got it now i've yeah. got it <laughs> that's what i made up myself it's uh do you want to explain it for podcast listeners yes yeah yeah it is a match graphic for alicia fox versus <laughs> melina uh the cameron's greatest match of all time uh which steve austin was very upset about you know we can play clips on this show and we <laughs> yeah. get that little clip of stone cold I... reacting to yeah. uh, her, her announcement. It's just, yeah. it's just this. It's this moment. <laughs> it's, it's uh, when he tries to speak, but he can't. Hold on, hold on. You carry on. I can get, oh. I'll get a gif of it. Okay. Um. So, can we not have the audio as well? I'm sure we'd be fine. <laughs> no, no uh, you, you carry on because otherwise, it's not great for podcast listeners. But uh, after I've, I've, I've done terrible stuff for podcast listeners today. After that, we've got Seth Rollins coming out for a promo. This is where he he sort of sets up a um, the, the the Rey Mysterio stuff, uh, where he's saying that you know really good stuff. Where he's sort of deflecting his Drew McIntyre loss. Here is the GIF. <laughs> oh, he can't bring himself to tell her that Alicia Fox versus Melina wasn't worthy of calling your favorite match ever on an and in fairness, of raw and in fairness the matches that they had weren't terrible it's just they're not the greatest matches ever uh yeah so seth Rollins comes out with murphy with the black glove the black hand and they uh he cuts a promo on ray mysterio really saying thank you ray mysterio you've sort of you know redirected my focus and umberto carrillo came out uh presumably hearing Someone needs a guy to lose in their story. Uh, he comes <laughs> out. That was busy. <laughs> he comes out and Murphy beats him very quickly. And then Alistair Black runs out to chase Murphy off. Yeah. Simple stuff. Poor old hmm. Carrillo. That then AJ got... Styles feud really helped him. Oh, God. And we got a Liv Morgan promo, <laughs> which was her talking about how she's still trying to find her character you know, surely you should sort this out in NXT. That's the point. Um, and it was it was generic. It wasn't a good promo. She was talking about her mum inspiring her. And I, I couldn't stop looking at the amount she was blinking. <laughs> you know, like she was, because she's got long eyelashes anyway. And I just thought, is this Morse code? <laughs> is she trying to tell us <laughs> to get her out of WWE? 
Yeah, it's very much um, it's it's nervousness. I think is what it is. It's it's un, you, you're not when you, you're not confident. Basically, it wasn't a pretty good pro. It wasn't a good promo. Um, the the content wasn't great. Uh, it's it's you know talking about. I, I mean, what she said was like, I want to be like my mum, and I'll be Raw Women's Champion. And <laughs> is she Becky Lynch's kid from the future? <laughs> now that that is a character. That is a character I could totally get behind. Quantum Quantum Morgan. <laughs> um, oh man, could you imagine if that's what it was? <laughs> Morgan Leap. <laughs> oh, I love it. But yeah, poor old Liv Morgan. Like it continues to suck for Liv Morgan. Don't worry though, the Raw Women's Division's looking pretty good because Charlotte's Charlotte Flair's in all the women's divisions. She's a Raw star. She's NXT Women's Champion. She's also in one of the top women's Feuds on SmackDown right now as of Friday. It's the Omni Flare, folks. Yeah, and, you know, we've had some people email him being like, guys, you clearly aren't watching NXT. She's definitely a heel. Her whole shtick now, and the commentators put this over, babyface commentators say she's the hardest working woman in sports. They think she is a babyface. And we're not saying that she is a babyface. She is 100% a heel but the company presents her as a babyface, and that's what makes it very confusing. I think NXT and the people who make the decisions there are smart enough to know she's a heel, but they now have to play ball with the main roster's toys. So they're doing the best they can to work heel Charlotte Flair into, into their sort of picture. Whereas Raw and SmackDown, yeah, like you said, just see her as a baby face. And it's, she is so unlikable. And yeah. that, that's not her as a person. Remember, I'm not saying Charlotte Flair is unlikable as a person, but her ring presence, just like The Miz, where The Miz just has this natural heel tendency, that's a great thing to have as a wrestler. It means you're very, you know, very direct in what you can convey. That's what Charlotte Flair has. Yeah. And then she had a match with Ruby Riot, which she won very quickly. Do you want to hear a fun little fact here? Go on then. So Ruby Riot made her return uh, this year in February. I believe she came back. Do you like to hear her match listings since she came back? Yes, so, please. Uh, here we go. 2020, March, uh, 2nd of March, she, uh, Liv Morgan defeated Ruby Riot. She was then into the Elimination Chamber where she was beaten by Shayna Baszler. Uh, into April, she was beaten by Asuka. Um, then she was beaten by Liv Morgan. Then she was beaten by Kyrie Sane on main event. Then she was beaten by Liv Morgan. Then she was beaten by Charlotte Flair. And then she was beaten by Bianca Belair on main event. She hasn't won a singles match since she came back. And not just a singles match. She hasn't won a single match since hmm. she came back. Yeah, it's unfortunate because she, she's really, really good. <laughs> yeah. And it just like when she lost here again, I was like, I suddenly thought, I was like, has she won anything since she came back? What a terrible return for someone. Do you remember when Sarah Logan was meant to come back and be used on Raw as well? Oh, yeah. I guess that's not amounted to anything. Yeah. It's a work, um, brother. Yeah, speaking of Sarah Logan, that was an unintended segue. Uh, the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits had round two of anything you can do, I can do better. Uh, this played out throughout the episode in a variety of skits skits some were actually really really funny <laughs> actually some of the bits i was genuinely laughing 
Uh, this was much, much better than the basketball stuff last week, which was, I just thought, just painfully awkward and didn't actually make much dramatic sense by the end of it. But here we had the Viking Raiders. The Street Profits going to meet the Viking Raiders at this sort of LARPing convention where everyone's yeah. dressed up in, uh, as well. <laughs> in Viking regalia with the tents and the fire, and they're going to do some axe throwing. I did laugh when they said, you keep saying you want the smoke. So we brought you smoke. It's a fire. <laughs> yeah, well, we bought, they, at one point they said, oh, we've brought too much smoke. Let's take a few <laughs> logs off. And, and there was some like really, really funny bits where Dawkins is going to throw the, the axe and everyone's, he's, he starts going off at loads of different people, distracting him. And he says, even the horse is clowning me around. And it cuts to this horse that's right next to the, the, the board where they're throwing yeah. and stuff. And it was this really surreal humor. Like, it was WWE has done this a bit since going no fans. They just decide to make adult swim content every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this was one of them. Uh, there's some great liners in here. Dawkins, like, goes, This is nothing like Thor. <laughs> yeah. You know? My line was, uh, when uh, Ford's got it and he starts to do some like golf swings, he's like, I need to get my Tiger Woods on. And Hanson just goes, a tiger in the woods? Where? <laughs> it's just goofy, funny stuff. And uh, just like when they have the final skit or the final match, really, with the axe throwing, it's, like, it's time for the games to begin. And it goes down this like row of Vikings and someone steps into the middle of them. They've got a giant horn and they just go. Rrr! And it cuts. The it was so it was really, really weirdly good. Yeah. But None it, of them were social distancing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's outside. I'm sure that's, <laughs> that's like a carte blanche, right? Um, but it, it didn't work on a, on a multitude of fundamental levels. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I was thinking about this. I, I'm not a comedian, right? I'm not, I'm not a comedian. I'm not a funny guy. But I do know in comedy there is a thing that is called setup and payoff, right? And the whole setup of this is the same as last week's one, which is that the Viking Raiders pretended to be rubbish at basketball. So the three profits think that they are that they're better than them. And it turns out the Viking Raiders are actually good at basketball. So they sort of show them up a little bit. Didn't work last week either, but like that's what they were gonna do here again. So Viking Raiders are wicked at axe throwing. They're getting bullseyes all the time, getting loads of bullseyes. The Street Profits are missing them, wildly, wildly missing them, going all over the place, going nowhere. And then when it comes down to the final one, a police car shows up and the police get out because they've got an axe through their windshield. So they come out to be like, who threw the axe? And the Viking Raiders point to the Street Profits and say, it was them. They did it. Don't want to be in trouble with the law. They're the ones that threw the axe. And so Dawkins proves that it couldn't have been them because he's awesome at axe throwing. And he throws the axe and he hits a bullseye, right? Okay, you think, cool. So the punchline now is that the Street Profits get arrested because they, for, for whatever reason. But they don't. The police officer just says, don't throw axes. You're cute. Not so much you. And then leaves. There was no payoff to any of the setup. It's yeah, it's and I, I e even the basic version of that setup where all oh, the street profits are good at, at axe throwing, they re they reveal that after losing the match. I just that doesn't work. We said that last week, they did the same thing last week, it doesn't work. 
I got really excited when the police car turned up because I thought we were going to get a holy grail because <laughs> it was so bonkers. I thought yeah. we were going to get the ending of Monty Python's Holy Grail yeah. where um, that just, you know, you've got, it's all set in this medieval, not medieval, it's... Uh, well, it, no, uh, it is well, medieval. Yeah, it's, medieval it's, it's, uh, it's King, 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 King it's Arthur. Arthurian times. Yeah, yeah, Arthurian times. And at the end, when they're just about to get the Holy Grail and, and the final castle, the police turn up and arrest <laughs> everyone. It's just, you know, it's. I think that came about because they ran out of money or, or some silly that's why they thing. Don't that actually, they... That's why they don't have horses. They have yeah, horses yeah. That's all they can afford. Um, but the I thought they were going to do that, but no, they... The, the the only way I can describe this is this seems like uh, someone someone came in and rewrote what they thought would be funny, but they don't actually have a sense of humor themselves mm. because this is such a such a a basic misunderstanding of of what comedy is, and and quite juve like quite a juvenile approach to that. It seemed like a a thirteen year old wrote it, but you know take take out all like the sort of penis jokes i guess uh, so yeah. i don't know if vince suddenly got in the cutting room but this you know i don't think this came from the street profits it, yeah it doesn't it didn't really work in the end although there were some funny moments in there particularly with the viking raiders and kind of like the sort of the juxtaposition of the two acts opposite each other i don't think it, it didn't work in the end do you know what does work in the end though Kyrie Stone playing the recorder because I'll be honest with you that's what I wanted this whole uh, podcast to, to be about I could talk about this for an hour because this is this is Edging Christian with a kazoo this has <laughs> the ability to be one of the most over things in the company it's an Asuka celebration an Asuka's championship celebration Sane introduces her friend and partner she's 100% turning on her at some point and she like hands her flowers and she shows all the things that Asuka's won, like the NXT Women's Championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship, the Raw Women's Championship. She's a Grand Slam champion. Asuka dances. So Sane produces a recorder and starts playing Asuka's theme song on the recorder. And Nia Jax comes out to ruin it all. This was amazing. Sane is amazing. Asuka's <laughs> amazing. I loved this. Yeah, and you've got to think if that is the long-term direction. I read a report today that um, Asuka kind of had to turn face when they realised Becky was going. I don't think that was always the plan. But, you know, they were setting up Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, all for Becky, who's a baby face-to-face, -face, baby face-to-fight. Uh, so now that they're, they're without a... Whatever Charlotte is. <laughs> I guess she's the top face. Uh, <laughs> So they, they've had to turn Asuka, but yeah, the, the the best feud. I mean, Shayna Baszler versus Asuka. My God, that is a clash of the former dominant NXT champions. That is mouthwatering. But Kyrie Sane versus Asuka. That's just as enticing. So hopefully, this Nia Jax feud wraps up pretty fast, and we can get on to Baszler and Sane as potential Asuka opponents. Because I think that's a that's a hell of a run for the Raw Women's Division then. I, I totally agree. And I, I, yeah, I mean, Asuka clearly turned babyface last week with her reaction to Becky Lynch, which I, I'm not saying like that was the moment, but I think they, as you say, they had, they realized that they had to turn her babyface. And for me like that, her reaction to, to Becky being pregnant did feel like a very babyface moment of just like, you're going to be a mother and a, and a hug. And it was very lovely. So her, then just sort of going with that and continuing that into this week of her being, she's not changed her character. She's just a good guy now with the same dancing comedy stuff. 
So that's great. And I think she'll be a fantastic. She's all she always should have been the top person in the division anyway, because she's so good. And I can see them going through Nia Jax, getting through, getting that over and done with, and then Kyrie turning on her out of jealousy, because Kyrie has been the rubbish bit of the Kabuki Warriors, effectively. She's not the one who's winning anything. She didn't get into money in the bank. She's the one who keeps losing, apart from Ruby Riot, obviously, because everyone beats Ruby Riot. But yeah, so like her turning on Asuka just makes complete sense. Kabuki Warriors implode. Those two face off against each other. And I think that would be a really great feud for them. Yeah, and we've got the spectre of Kyrie's contract expiring soon and, you know, the reports that she is kind of keen on leaving the company. But that was before all of the stuff happened. Maybe she's changed her mind since then. Uh, but the, Nia Jax, in turn, was also presented a lot more heelishly. I think since she's returned from injury a few well, last month, she has been booked as a monster. You know, not, not really a heel, not really a face. She's just a monster-dominant big person. Um, but now she was, I think she was overtly heelish because yeah. she started running down Asuka as a placeholder. And, Absolutely, you know, she yeah. attacked Kyrie backstage later on, which Asuka chased after Jackson, threw her on the ground. I did laugh, I'd actually, an unintentional laugh when, so they have this celebration with, with Nia Jackson to sort of send her packing. And then Asuka and Kyrie are celebrating again backstage with Kyrie Zane playing her recorder. And they sort of split off. And in the background is just, it's just Nia Jax watching on. It was so goofy. It really made me chuckle. And then I hated her so much for beating up Kyrie Sane playing the recorder. So, like in effect, they turned Kyrie Sane babyface as well, turned her back face. So, yeah, I, I mean, I felt babyface sympathy for her being beaten up in her recorder. So, I, I think they you know, they're a babyface act again until Kyrie Sane turns heel. Mm. Uh, then we got R Truth versus Bobby Lashley. This was mostly to sort of continue MVP's courting of Lashley. R Truth tried to challenge Tom Brady, but actually the Gronk for the 24 7 title again. And he briefly brought back the pretty Ricky cousin gimmick that he had last week and has sort of been a scourge of his career. It's absolutely horrible. I hate it. I, it makes me want to stop watching WWE. <laughs> Not great. And MVP applauded from the ramp. Yeah. Clapping, what, which, clapping for carers. Which Lana was watching at backstage and she freaked out again. Yeah. I'm enjoying the Lana freak outs. Uh, then we got Alexa Bliss and the uh, and Nikki Cross defending their women's tag titles against the Iconics after the Iconics beat them the previous week. God, I've missed the Iconics. Solely miss the Iconics, love them as an act, loved the promo work that they do. I just love them so much as characters. And it just sucked that they just got beaten so quickly here. You know, this went like, what, two minutes, two and a half minutes? Yeah. It, didn't, it didn't feel like a championship match. It felt like nothing. And what's, what's a shame is that they weren't beaten. It, instead, it was WWE's most overused lame finish where one wrestler just beats up their opponent too much. Peyton Royce starts she, throwing... She was, she was the illegal entrance. Uh, Billy Kay was the legal woman. Uh, well, Peyton Royce kept throwing Alexa Bliss. It's still stupid booking. Oh, yeah. Peyton I mean, Royce it makes him look like an idiot. Throwing Bliss into the ring post, but from inside the ring, over and over again. I thought, this is the best the Iconics have looked forever. Like, this, this is the most threatening and physical I've ever seen them be. And the referee disqualified them. Yeah. And then they're shown backstage, uh, like sort of arguing a little bit, and Billy slaps her, and then they sort of like cry and hug. They, 
they can't split this act up, surely. Surely you're not splitting up this act. I don't think so. I, I think this was just comedy in their eyes. I, I, but what to what end? Yeah, I, I, I no, I the way they they hugged after. Um, they, I, I think I don't think they'll break up. But you know, maybe they will. That's ridiculous. I just thought Blessing Cross didn't look good. The Iconics didn't look good. This was rubbish. Women's tag belts mean absolutely diddly dick. They mean mm. nothing. Um, but we did get a clip of the Undertaker documentary series, which might be the most depressing thing on earth right now. And that's saying something. Isn't it just? I funny enough, Trevor Dane posted up on Twitter today that the Dark Side of the Ring episode is um, uh, the Owen Hart episode this week. And it's like, man, somehow in this week of weeks, with everything that we have had, um, it might not be the saddest documentary <laughs> that's been released, uh, which is quite incredible. My my wife... so. My wife's going to watch it. She's going to watch the Take a Documentary. We're going to watch it together. Because I've, I've not watched it yet, and I've been putting it off because I wanted to watch it with her. Because the review that I'd heard from Gorilla Position was that it's actually not only is it great for wrestling fans, but non-wrestling fans will really enjoy it as well. Kind of in the same way that um, The Last Dance works really well, even if you're not a, a fan of basketball. The story is just so compelling, and the characters in it are so compelling that you get really sucked into the drama of it. And I'm, you know, I'm not the biggest sports fan in the world, but I was, I did love the Chicago Bulls in the nineties because everybody did, you know, I, I played NBA jam. I played as the Bulls. Um, and I've loved that documentary series on Netflix. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching it with my wife. We watched a little bit of it and she just, she sort of kept getting confused as to who was who, what timelines things were in. Um, but yeah, but I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, then we got Shayna Baszler taking on Natalia after they had a match uh, last week as well. And I thought this was really good. It was a submission match and Shayna Baszler was in the sharpshooter at one point and she she pulled herself over to the ropes, but not, you know, not to do the, the ring breaks, but it was to get purchase on the apron to pull herself out of the hold. I love that. And yeah, then the commentator said that... Um... Uh, there, there were no rope breaks in it. Mm. So instead she just escapes out the ring instead, which is really nice. Yeah, which is what Becky and Natalia did in their SummerSlam submission match, which mm. is how it should be. And and then Shayna chokes out Natalia once she's back in the ring. Natalia goes to do the same, trying to get the ropes. Shayna wraps her leg around her and kicks her hand down. Brilliant. Shayna's so good. Absolutely yeah. amazing, that woman. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Um, and then, like in that sort of Paul Heyman controlled chaos thing, in an effort to make Raw feel like a coherent universe, I suppose, Natalia stayed in the ring dejected while stagehands came in and started dressing the ring for the KO show, the Kevin Owens show that was up next. And she she just, you know, she was annoyed. So she just mm -hmm. started throwing the chairs out the ring. I liked it. Yeah. And the commentators called her unprofessional. I don't think it will build to anything. No. All of these little spots were just to be spots. I don't yeah. think this is a, a Natalia heel turn or change of character. It was just a thing. But um, hey, but man. That, Sorry, go on. Well, I was going to say, but that did lead into the return of Kevin Owens. Yeah. For no reason. Kevin Owens is back, everyone. He's just back uh, after his double win at WrestleMania. He's just back now. And says that he got his WrestleMania moment, but it cost him. But it's okay because now he's back. And he's back to chat to the sexy men and be a background actor in a feud between Andrade and Apollo Crews. So Owens beat the top heel on Raw 
twice at WrestleMania and got nothing off the back of it. It's it's so annoying. Like you can do face versus face. I would love Kevin Owens versus Drew McIntyre. Why can't? Because when you have KO return in this way, it just slots him at a certain bit. Oh, this this is this era of Kevin Owens. Okay, he's a mid card guy now. So when he returns in the Andrade thing, which was sort of as yeah a background player for Andrade versus Apollo Cruz, it's so it's so disheartening. Yeah. It really is. And like we've been for our Patreon podcast that we're doing this month, we're doing NXT Takeover Unstoppable from 2015, which is the sort of the, the second match between Kevin and Sammy. And like that was proper prize fighter Kevin Owen. It's when he came up to, to Raw to challenge John Cena for a match at Elimination Chamber. Like that, it's such a great Kevin Owens character, which we've never had on the main roster. And what we've had is just a watered down version of it. And it just like, it was a bit pants for him to just come back and be nothing you know he's been gone since wrestlemania and has come back to just nothing like what what's what what direction does he have the moment just sucks yeah yeah it's 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 rubbish um and he yeah he introduced apollo cruz to come out holla holla tag team match players and theory accidentally cost guys at a match yeah and Um, so yeah and that played into the the following angle where he was recruited by Rollins. Yeah, and Apollo Crews uh, had a promo with Charlie smiling um, and said that he it challenges Andrade to a US title match next week, which Vega accepts on Andrade's behalf. So we're getting the title match next week. And in the mix of all of this, Alistair Black took on Buddy Murphy. Yeah, uh, you wouldn't know it because the camera was focusing on Rollins and Theory. I'm fine with that. You know, we've seen a lot of Black and buddy matches i think they've got one of those really nice everlasting feuds <laughs> so i it, that that was just background dress and i'm sure we'll get to see a, that again soon mm. but the main event was drew mcintyre versus smackdown's king corbin who lost last week uh on the last on smackdown <sighs> and so he can then facing up against the WWE champion so pff, good good pull there guys good good win for yeah uh, the mid-card vortex implodes. Uh, all <laughs> we needed out there was Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, because I'm sure Bobby Lashley was in Shane McMahon's <laughs> little mid-card of evil as well. So they yeah, all, like, like, all together, they've all been part of a mid-card vortex. The mid-card of evil is like the NWO. I've lost track <laughs> of how many people and versions there are. Uh, but this match, you know, I I love Drew. I, I, I love Drew. So good. And, He's just great. And I was, you know, it started off and I thought, oh, King Corbin, I'm, maybe maybe this will be Drew's first just okay match as a champion. But my God, did he hook me in. I, yeah. there was, the, what, I, what I really love, and I, I don't think I've picked up on it before, is Drew saves those near falls. Yeah. He is not going to give you a two point, like, you know, almost three, unless it's your finisher like even yeah. signatures and stuff get get just over two there was one bit where baron you know hit a few moves and in the wwe template of things that's a near fall not a kick out before one and baron was like what well, it was an awesome moment yeah it was really good like he know yeah you're right he knows how to save the near falls and make the and because he kept kicking out at one like he would like baron would do a move he would kick out a one so when he then hit deep six it felt like an actual near fall 
totally agree. And that was a really nice counter as a Claymore into a deep six. Yeah, really, really stuff. And then Drew, they sort of like did a couple of more reversal things and Drew hit the Claymore from out of nowhere for the min. Really good main events. Really liked it. Really good. And it was it, it was there as a match. Um, but the big thing was who came out to watch on from the stage. Bobby Lashley with MVP. The beatdown clan. Yeah. Beatdown clan back together again. Oh my God, I forgot about that. So this is great. Lashley is, is finally in WWE getting the gimmick he should have had from the start, which is walking yeah. on Armageddon from TNA. He's an ass kicker, not a family man, not Lana's husband, not someone with three beautiful sisters. He's a guy who can murder you. Yeah. And I'm going to get to see Bobby Lashley, a big beefy man versus Drew McIntyre, a big beefy man. You would think that Vince McMahon would have booked that as soon as he possibly could. And he should have. But he hasn't. He's had both of these guys sort of in the company for over two years. Yet he's saddled them with non-gimmicks. Drew McIntyre has been everyone's henchman over the last year. Lashley has honestly had the worst run of gimmicks ever in wrestling. No, it's it's amazing, isn't it? Like, what a terrible... I can bear in mind as well that, you know, he told everyone that he was going back to face Brock Lesnar for the title and instead came back to be the guy with sisters and feud with Sami Zayn. And then it was the heel turn worked out. Then he had the pointing to his butt gimmick for a while with, with Leo. And then he's been Lana's, um, Lana's husband where Lana's the one who wears the pants in the relationship. And it's finally brought us to this point here where he's being managed by MVP. And just like what a great partnership those two are. That really, really works. And now it feels like he actually can get into that WWE championship picture, which he should have been a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, So I'm really, really optimistic about seeing Lashley versus McIntyre moving forward. Overall, I gave this an average. um, And I stand by that. But I think talking about what, what, what's good about this episode is when we talk about it, it's exciting for the future. A lot of stuff that they've put in place has me intrigued. But in, in the actual practice of watching this episode, it, there was a lot of talking. It dragged a lot, I thought, because three hours is far too long anyway. Yeah, no, I, I would have given it an average as well. Uh, yeah, it was. it's a lot of setup for it, uh, a lot of setup for like upcoming weeks you know we're on the builds to backlash where we are gonna get the greatest wrestling match ever <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah overall it was like particularly the edge and orton stuff at the start you know it's just it's the exact same promo that we had like it was almost copy and paste verbatim from a promo they'd done mm-hmm. in the build up to wrestlemania but there was some decent stuff on this and i am excited to see what happens next week and surely like that's what you want from raw is like at the end of it like not any of you you kind of you've got some stuff to talk about coming up and next week i can't wait to see what happens here and here and here it's what smackdown's been missing since it went to fox it's just been there and there's no there's no impetus for you to tune in the following week which is why they've lost half their viewership This guy, Nate Drop's surname, uh, wasn't the Omni Flare a summon spell in Final Fantasy VIII? Uh, really hope it ends up with Black versus Rollins, with Black going over. That match would be fantastic. 
Mm. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, so let's get through the super chats before we get to the top of the hour. On the faction split, Cable Allen, coming from Seth Rollins, is not cool guy. He's the sign guy. I knew I recognized Cable's name. This character is great. I still ain't rooting for him. <laughs> and he still isn't cool, but he's doing great. What the F, Meltzer? Yeah, I don't agree with Dave on that one. Jake C. Seth Rollins' group is basically the Dark Order. I don't think so. No. no I think I there's think... a... Yeah, I think there's a much more religious aspect to this one, whereas the Dark Order has always been more of a, I don't know, it's got a different culty. tone to it. Yeah, it's more culty. I've seen someone say actually that they're, that they're, that WWE are doing a better version of the Dark Order than AEW, which I don't mm. know if they agree with. I think they're very different things. Jory Covington, I loved the Rollins theory angle. That ending with the hug, theory at first shocked, then full embrace like a father-son hug was so good. Plus, Buddy's facial expression was perfect. Yeah, totally. Uh, on the subject... Oh, sorry, go on. I oh, don't know, no, you go. Uh, on the subject of Randy Orton and Edge, the Adnap 2 said, remember when WWE banned the word wrestling? Way back when. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dartrain24 said, I'm more likely to believe that Hornswoggle is in the best match ever than Orton being in one. He just doesn't care. Well, or a Hornswoggle has an excellent match with El Torito. Yeah, we all see. Glass Frame on sort of raw miscellaneous. Uh, so when Naya's music hit, I was oddly disappointed that Wonder Rolly didn't come out. One day. One day, Glass Frame. Uh, Gabriel Reyes, new Quizzlemania category. Um, Ruby Riot wins, reverse chronological order. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. Uh, Dances with AK. Yeah, because I. I mean, because before she got injured, she was doing stuff with Ronda, right? So, like, there were no wins there to be had. Oh, that's tough. Dances with AK47 says Quantum Morgan. Yes, please. They reveal she has schizophrenia and she thinks Becky's kid, she's Becky's kid from the future, starts calling Seth daddy. Got dark fast. <laughs> And QT25 said, I told you last month that WWE's big plan was to have Charlotte on all three shows so we can get Charlotte three belts, but you guys said that would never happen. Well, Charlotte is now on all three shows. Long live the Queen. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not surprised she's on all three shows, but I still don't think they'd put all the titles on her. Not at this point. Uh, Deval says, um, actually thought Baron was really good in the main event. The deep six counter was class. Drew's line, you think I'm a dumb follower? Love him. I thought, yeah, I really enjoyed Baron. I thought Baron had some good stuff in that main event. Yeah, when, when he's got the right style of match, because his move set is so good. And this, it was quite a big move back and forth match, very Heyman-esque. So yeah, he, he, he did very well there. Uh, the bad one, Ryan B. Bad. Happy May 19th. Just don't Ooh, tell yeah. Kane. May 19th. See no evil. Star Train 24. WWE can add to a contract for injury. Has it been covered somewhere if they're adding to Sammy and Roman for not being there due to Steve Carino? Ooh. It's not an injury. It's a. Yeah. I mean, their, their contracts aren't up anytime soon. So. I guess they'll exercise that option if that came to pass. Dar Train 24 again. So I went grocery shopping in my two thumbs up shirt. This really beautiful woman read my shirt, smiled, and walked by me and whispered, Dance Chopper. Ooh. Shop has the ladies tuning in to Wrestle Talk. I mean, he is the most handsome of all of us. So it just makes sense. Especially with no eyebrows. <laughs> Jose Vasquez, you too can get your Chopper shirt from WrestleTalkMerch.com. 
<clears throat> Jose Vasque Vasquez, why do you say hard times twice? I think I know, but I need confirmation. Well, my friend, the hard times, hard times are from a Dusty Rhodes promo, one of the greatest promos of all time. Ethical Mike, hi guys, greetings from Cyprus. It's hot AF here. <laughs> Imagine so, mate. I think we're getting our hottest day of the year tomorrow mm. in the UK, which I think is about five degrees. Ooh, toasty. I'm going to take off my top again. Will hate Kenny on Quizzlemania. I can only assume Brian Zane, Joe Hendry, Don Callis, and Gray Day will be the other participants. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie, AJ's favorite community. AJ's favorite community. Oh, oh it's the, it's guy. the guy, guy community. community. <laughs> um, of course, the previous joke was at my expense and 500k day. And Chocoboco Kid says it's a so lovely it's time with. Yeah, sorry, I thought it was Chocobo Kid. Chocobo Kid. Kid. It's a lovely time with the boys. Hail the Omni Flare. Um, yeah. And oh, we just had a last minute message. Guiti25. It's going to happen, Ollie. Hashtag Charlotte Three Belts. Hashtag Long Live the Queen. And thank you, Darvel Shah, for uh, Super Chat, but no message. How was your weekend, mate? It was good. I, I enjoyed some socially distancing human interaction. We went to the picnic. Say again, what did you do? I, we went to the park to have a picnic with our two friends who lived down our road. And we, you know, we just sat down. We had the, the ground marked out and we drank, we drank fresh beer. <gasps> what? That's what, what I've been mean by missing. Fresh beer? I didn't really realize it. But, you know, all my Guinness has been consumed via cans. There are mm. no public houses open at the moment to get a nice, heady, refreshing, cool, kind of bubbly, but mostly flat pint of Guinness. But we've got loads of breweries around us. Walthamstow has the Brewery Mile, which has just become a sort of selling point for estate agents recently over the last year, it seems. And one of those breweries, the Wildcard Brewery, which is fantastic, they have started offering, uh, because they're open, they're just not serving the public. They have offered on Instagram, hey, buy a bottle of freshly poured keg beer, which is, it, it works out about two pints per bottle, and we will deliver it to you same day. Wow, that's pretty good. And I'm not one for IPAs, but uh, my friend got the IPA, which was passion fruit flavored mm. it was delicious really tasted the passion fruit but this guy got a chocolate and raspberry stout wow chocolate oh. and raspberry i mean that's that's quite a good combo for a stout yeah it was really really nice not you know quite strong mm -hmm. quite strong yeah. probably made me a bit too drunk when i was playing poker on saturday night <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe crashed down in the first hour couldn't buy back in but but a lovely time was had how about you? Yeah. What have you been up to? Uh, well, I went to Wix uh, on Whoa. Saturday. We uh, Our Wix is now open for click and collect. So we were able to order some paint and paint brushes um, so we can do a bit of DIY around the house because we are, you know, once this is all over, are looking to sell the place that we're currently in. So we may as well use some of this free time that we've got to focus on doing bits and pieces around the place. 
So uh, yeah, so I, I drove down to Wix in Uxbridge to uh, to go and pick up some paint and paint brushes. Um, what colour did you go for? Oh, it's what? Well, I mean, all of our walls are white, with the exception of our one feature wall. So, and I've got the feature wall colour in the shed. So I just bought more white paint so that we could go and just just touch up a couple of areas. Have you thought about? Just thinking off the top of my head here painting one wall like a quite bright green and all the other walls wrestle talk logos because <laughs> that it would is, be the yeah. most useful for the, the company yeah but not for me selling it though like you know and we and i've, and I've got I'll this board, i've got this board behind me that still smells by the way this is still this uh the plastic thing has still got that smell about it mm. um so yeah so that, that was pretty much the only noteworthy thing that i did over the weekend me and the wife went for a walk which was nice um but it was funny because like my so you know my wife's quite stressed out at work at the moment because you know she's a very important person and uh you know she was using this walk to sort of like clear her head a little bit you know just to relax for the weekend and she turns to me at one point she goes what are you thinking about and i turned to her and i said russell talks social media <laughs> <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> and she was like, what do you mean? And I talked to her about social media. She was like, is that all you've been thinking about? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm also thinking about a brand new series that I'm going to pitch to Wally Davis <laughs> on Monday. That's it. Yeah. It's not our fault we really love our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was my weekend. It was a lot of, like, forward planning for my working week. I've, uh, I've got an, I'm, I'm going to say it, actually. I've got an entry into Barbershop. <gasps> Oh, you got an entry into the barbershop window. But it's not where you would think. Uh-oh. Is this uh, is this in keeping with the Manscaped advert that also played on this show? It's down there. It's yeah. down there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Manscaped is excellent. Um, but what it's done is it sent me on a path of trying to keep things even neater. So, you know, I didn't really know it was bushy down there until... I went. I went mowing. Yeah, and I'm like, I, this is so much nicer. Like the like the advert says, like the brilliant podcast advert reads that we gave. You don't know until you start going mowing. So I did it. Very happy with it. Uh, and then I thought, you know what? Maybe I should try that other thing they do, which is hair removal cream. <gasps> uh oh. Oh no! This doesn't sound like a good story. So uh, last night was me, you know, you, you can paint a picture in your own head. Yeah. You know, you know, cause you know, th those areas are difficult to get to. You need a buddy. You need, yeah. you need a buddy to get there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You need someone to spot you. And you know, just it's a level of closeness. I don't think either of us were prepared for. <laughs> <laughs> but, one... <laughs> but once it's on, you, you're there. Yeah. There, you can't go back. You can't just, just scrape just for, off the chemicals. And just for clarity, you're because you were socially distancing. Your partner is your lady partner. Yes, yeah, I didn't get Graham in the park <laughs> to do it for me from a distance. I just wanted to double check. Yes, yeah, so uh, yeah, and yeah, it was it 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 did it did the job. Um, and I today am walking around, constantly going. Huh. <laughs> that's uh that's different. And I I'm so my lady partner did say to me, because you know, you know what I'm like. It was a new thing. I was like, well, let's just do my whole body. 
because I, no, I, I want to see. <laughs> no, hang on. Hang on. Hang on a sec here. You got angry at Laurie for shaving his beard because you were like, that's content. Mm, mm. This feels like content. Well, exactly. That that was also in my head. So uh, we didn't do that. But thank God, because it is. It's. I thought it would be more smooth, but a bristle has come back. Well, I mean, hair does grow back, Ollie. And, you know, it, although you and I are both very much thinning on top, me more than you, the hair does still grow back and it grows back at quite a rate. And you, of all people, should have known this, right? Because your hair grows back yeah. at quite a length. Well, as, you, as it is your beard. I got excited, Luke. <laughs> it happens. It was a new thing. It was a new toy. So so what you, I mentioned it on the call this morning. I am willing to to do the more extreme version of this, the, the bristle-free version of waxing live on air for Quizzlemania sometime down the line. I don't really know what stipulation I can do it for, though, because I'm always going to come last. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe it's like you, you're trying not to come last. You're almost like you're challenging yourself to not come last anymore. And mm. this is going to be it. This is what's going to be the driving force to not come last. It will motivate you. Yeah, get a training montage. Yeah, because part of me wants, you know, I want to see what it's like with no hair on my legs. I've got ridiculously hairy legs. Same on my chest. But then I think about it. I'm like, ah, but I also don't want that pain. I definitely <laughs> don't want that pain broadcast to 7,000 people simultaneously. No. But it is content. You, and sometimes you've got to do things for the content. Did you be able to see your tattoo again? Oh, yeah. I forgot that was down there. <laughs> and my nipples. <laughs> um, I, mean, I tell you what, I'm going to quickly read out a podcast because um, I was going through. I suddenly I thought we'd be, we'd be neglecting the pod, uh, the, the pod mails. As mm. I don't really feel like we've had a lot of pod mail in, but I did want to read out, you know, one some that have been sent to us, uh, including this one from our buddy Dylan from Cork, uh, who says, "Top of the morning to you, lads. I've got a little Rusev Hay here to tell you." Rusev Hay. So this was sent in nine days ago, one year ago to the day. Me and my buddy Dave went to a WWE house show in Dublin, which was Dave's first ever live wrestling experience. A couple of hours before the show, we ventured down to Smith's Toy Store and met Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, who were there doing a signing. And this was during Kofi's WWE Championship run, which made it cooler. Mm. I've attached a little picture of the email, uh, to this email of the meeting and hope things go back to normal sooner rather than later so we can have more Rusev Hayes to send in and listen to. On a side note, I just want to say thank you for your fantastic entertainment being provided by Quizzlemania every Wednesday for the past few weeks. Myself and my lady partner, Ashleen, have been watching it together whilst FaceTiming for the previous two episodes. Hearing Adam try to pronounce her name was something we, found, we both found very funny. It's given us a lot of laughs in these tough and uncertain times, and we're both grateful to have something to look forward to each and every week. Hope you're doing well, lads. Fingers crossed we'll all be, we'll all be back to normal soon. Lots of love from your friendly neighbourhood Irish pal, Dylan from Cork. Heart emoji. Oh, thank you, Dylan from Cork. There he is. Uh, I mean, you can't see the picture, uh, but he's posing there with Xavier Woods, a not blonde Xavier, uh, a not blonde Kofi Kingston, and the WWE Championship. It's very, very good. Thank you very much, Dylan. Uh, and we also had an email in. Um, I wanted to read this one before we get out of here. This one comes in from Ruben, who says, "Hey, Luke and the rest of Talk Boys, I'm the Riot Squad Rusev. Hey, guy." <gasps> Famous, famous yeah. in the SWAF nation. 
I just wanted to email you back off the conversation you and Ollie had about going to supermarkets and how you're braving the shops. And when you get your food deliveries, you're washing everything down, which is a smart thing to do. I've been working at Tesco over this period of time, prematurely coming back from university. And after listening to what you guys are saying, I realized that me going to work every day to eight or nine hours has really num numbed me to all of the Steve Carino stuff. It gets stressful time for everyone, but nothing is worse than customers who complain that there's nothing on the shelves and are just being rude. I get it now, I get it now that they're probably just stressed like all of us are. I don't really know what the point of this email was, but I just want to remind all the pod swafters that there are people working in supermarkets and they are people too. Just pay them some respect by being nice to them when you're going around shopping. We'd all much rather be at home with our families. I'm having to live with my uncle, not with my family, because my little sister is in the vulnerable category. Thank you for reading out my email, Luke. Hope you and everyone at Rest Talk are doing okay. Insert Ollie from out of quarantine. Long time <laughs> listener and pod swafter, Ruben. Thank you, Ruben. And yeah, very... Very sage words. Don't get angry at the people in the supermarkets. It's not their fault. No, it's, it's not. It's the government's. <laughs> <laughs> you can't compare us to New Zealand, Ollie Davis. You just can't <laughs> compare them. Uh, but that is all we've got time for on this edition of the Rust Talk podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back on Thursday, double Thursdays for NXT and AEW. We'll have the magazine show on Friday with me and Adam um no we won't because adam's not here it'll be me and laurie in fact mm. doing it this coming uh coming friday and then we'll have the smackdown review on saturday and it's also double or nothing this weekend so bonus podcast coming out on sunday with me and laurie reviewing that show but until then take care i love you goodbye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.